All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Toll-free on number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. You know, it's I watched Biden yesterday, and it was an unmitigated disaster, as it usually is with him. Um, and Biden just can't keep his thoughts straight. Nobody wants to talk about how confused and confounded uh, this guy is. But it's really that bad. The blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Police Chief Murray of the Baltimore, uh, uh, excuse me, Police Chief Murray, Police Chief Murphy, Paul of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it means confirming my outstanding nominee for to lead the AFT, the, excuse me, the, the ATF, David Chipman. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a magazine of a gun. Like I said before, what do you think? The, the deer wearing Kevlar vest? This guy, David Shipman, that he wants to head the ATF, or as Joe calls it, the AFT. Now, if you listen closely, the president, it was, it was almost incomprehensible most of yesterday. You know, one thing, I've talked to a lot of people in the medical profession, and I, I just happen to. I don't know how it worked out this way in my life. I'm, I have many friends that are doctors. I've actually watched in an operating room a brain surgery take place. And I, it is the most fascinating work you, you ever want to watch in your life. And the modern medicine and great surgeons and gifted surgeons. Um, I, I did an interview recently with this guy, uh, Dr. Eduardo Rodriguez. This guy did the first successful face transplant. There was a fireman. I got to meet this guy. This guy's amazing. And he's from Mississippi. And he's, he went into a burning building because a lady was trapped and he's a volunteer fireman. He goes in the building, then one of the floors collapsed right on top of him and burned off most of his face. And he had to live with that for 15 years. Modern medicine has made it, you know, he's had a full face transplant. And then I interviewed another guy. This had never been done successfully. He was coming home, he works the gra graveyard shift I mean, you know, 11 to 7 in the morning or 12 to 8 in the morning. It's the hardest shift. I mean, it's really tough. There's actually been studies that show that it ages you if you work that shift. And anyway, unfortunately, fell asleep at the wheel, had a really bad accident. The, the car's on fire. There's a good Samaritan who really doesn't like it. There's, it's actually a famous singer. Got out of his car, saved this guy, pulled him out of the burning vehicle. He had burns over 80% of his body. He could no longer use his hands. His face was unrecognizable. And in, they were able to do a face transplant and both hands transplanted successfully. In other words, they got the right donor. He got a face transplant and two hands that work. And now, we, you know, things that he couldn't do after the accident, like dress himself and feed himself. He's now able to do. I mean, just amazing stuff. Anyway, I, dig I digress here a little bit. Um, 
when you look at Joe Biden anyway, so I've talked about to doctors about if, if people are in a cognitive decline, usually, usually I'm not a doctor and I'm not playing one on, on radio or TV. Usually it's degenerative. Usually, in other words, it's not going to get better. Although I did see in USA Today that there is a new medicine that they've been working on. Uh, I think it just got FDA approval. Uh, for Alzheimer's, and I think it's the first one they've approved for Alzheimer's since like 2001. The, there haven't been many medical breakthroughs, and if you know anybody that's ever had any cognitive de- declining issues or Alzheimer's or any of these varying diseases, it's, it's horrible to watch. And I'm not diagnosing Joe. I'm just saying that the Joe Biden of 2012 and 2016 is not the Joe Biden today. And then when we had Ronnie Jackson on the program yesterday, He's saying if he takes a cognitive test, he doesn't think he's going to do well. It's clear that something is going on here. It's obvious. You watch Joe yesterday and and it's it's obvious. But yet the media, as they protected him as a candidate, they're now protecting him as president. I mean, he was mumbling and bumbling and, and slurring his words, barely coherent at times. You know, he calls the ATF the AFT, talked about the, the history of the Second Amendment the, uh, and the blood of patriots, you know, and then going off on this weird conclusion that, well, somebody would need nuclear weapons to take down the government. I mean, it, I'm like, it, it's a part of it is you can make fun of him because of all the verbal gaffes. But on the serious side of this, you know, everyone else can see it. The only ones that are, are in denial about it, and I don't really even think they're in denial, is that, you know, the media mob just protects him. You know, if you think back in years gone by, FDR, you know, a lot of America didn't know he was in a wheelchair. You know, the media kind of respected the health issue, but a lot of reporting about JFK and alleged affairs that he had and that the media knew about it, but they never reported any of it. Well, we don't live in those times anymore. We live in the times where you get the likes of, you know, these hacks, new Green Deal socialists, basically the press office of, of all things, new Green Deal Democratic Socialist and Joe Biden. The, the, the very people, the New York Times, perfect case in point, Ben Smith, Maggie Haberman. I mean, they, they're, they're like full-time Trump stalkers. They're still Trump stalkers. Even though Joe Biden's president. Do you think if if any of the Trump kids lied on a gun application and threw a gun in a dumpster, uh, if you think they were crack addicts, do you think that if they used the N-word, made anti-Asian American slurs, you think if if they made money with no experience from Ukraine, if they got money from Kazakhstan oligarchs and Russian oligarchs and shopping sprees from Chinese nationals and a big deal with the Bank of China with no experience at all whatsoever? Do you, do you think the media would ignore it? Would they ignore Donald Trump bragging on tape that he said, I'm not giving you a billion dollars. You've got six hours to fire that, that prosecutor or you're not getting the billion dollars. He's leveraging our tax money to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired because that prosecutor's investigating this corrupt company that's buying influence 
with his son who said on Good Morning America he had no experience. What if Donald Trump did it? It's just like if Donald Trump, you know, say, said the AFT, not the ATF, what, what do you think the mob and the media would be doing? He couldn't pronounce cognitive. He butchered this guy's name. I mean, he just butchered it. And it's not like it's an off day because every day is now an off day. When he was at the G7 and he's, you know, gets it. Well, you once called Vladimir Putin a killer. Do you still think he's a killer? And, and he can't answer. And there's this uncomfortable silence. And even now, Democrats are beginning to notice. I told you yesterday about this congressman from New York. His name is Mondaire Jones. And asked Biden a question. And he said, Biden just stared at me. Just stared at me. When I asked for support on on a particular bill that he wanted it done, he said the president, you know, their party needed to be more involved in legislation on the Hill. His response is he stared at me and then he described an awkward silence. Well, that's exactly what happened on stage at the G7. Then he's got this other characteristic that is emerging and is often the case with people that have some type of cognitive issues. I don't know what's going on. Something is going on. And the reason that I don't get hit by the mob in the media is because there's so much tape. I've actually been expecting it. I have my defense ready. We have the montage of all montages already made that I haven't played yet because it's so damning and, and scary even to think that, you know, that this is a this is a very hostile world. There's evil in the world. There's a lot of evil in the world. And the evil in the world is such that you can't trust any actor that's hostile like Vladimir Putin. Putin's he, he's not dumb, but he is evil. It's a hostile regime. We know what China did to the whole world. China's geopolitical ambitions know no bounds at all. Kim Jong-un has nuclear weapons. Iranian mullahs want them. Radical Islamic terrorists, they're studying Joe Biden. And they're not influenced by the corrupt media mob and by big tech. Anyway, so Joe goes out there and, you know, he's, he's, I mean, there was no criticism yesterday at all. All he wanted to do is talk about taking away your right to keep and bear arms. It's got new, new crime prevention. Now, remember, and blame Donald Trump. This started on Trump's watch. Well, he didn't even recognize Democrats wouldn't even say there were riots last summer. He never uttered a word about it at his own convention. You know, police stations burned to the ground, autonomous zones and and summer of love zones and chop zones and Chad zones and police precincts burned to the ground and looting galore, and and cops pelted with rocks and bricks and bottles and Molotov cocktails. What about the group Black Lives Matter? The ones that are on tape chanting, what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now? Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Never mentioned any of that. He had no criticism of these no-bail laws. Didn't have any criticism of this defund the, the police effort. His own vice president, you know, put help promote a, a bail fund to get the people that were responsible for the rioting in Minnesota out of jail. 
You can't make this up. Lack of enforcement on current gun laws is rampant. Every single person that we have on video involved in arson and looting, we're not, they're not being charged, not one of them, in New York. They've made decisions now, prosecutors, not to, go, not, not to charge anybody. How, what do you think what the result of that is going to be? It's basically a license to keep doing what you're doing. And you got this idiot that David Chipman that he wants for the AFT, to quote Joe. This guy's unqualified. You know, this, this is a guy that said, well, lock, we should lock people up before they commit crimes. Uh, really? Have you ever heard of a document? It's called the U.S. Constitution. This is a guy that, you know, is a, is a, a, a gun hater. Do you believe in banning assault weapons? I do, sir. Okay. Define assault weapons. Um, assault um, weapons would be something that um, members of Congress assault. would define. Well, how do you define it? You're going to be running the agency. Um, uh, Senator, I think this is a good question. If I am um, question. confirmed as ATF director... Mm-hmm. Um, I got 35 seconds left. Define it for me, would you please, sir? Um, What's an assault there, weapon? Yeah, Senator, mm-hmm. uh, um, the bill uh, to ban assault what, weapons is, what is your dozens of pages. Of There's no way I could define an assault weapon. You don't have any, you're going to run an, this agency and you don't have a definition of assault weapon? Scary. All right, rolling along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? You know, we can do this flashback because Biden said yes, absolutely, when asked if funding should be redirected from the police. Maybe Joe thinks we forgot because he probably forgot. He knows that both he and his fellow Democrats, he knows that their overt support of defund the police movement. We'll show you all of this tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern. Uh, they, They supported all of it. We'll give you the timeline. We'll give you the history tonight in full. You know, even Thomas Friedman at this New York toilet paper Times. By the way, they need to return their fake Pulitzers. It's time for them to do the honorable thing and return it. Maggie, you got to return it. Ben, you got to return it. Anyway, and get President Trump reelected in 2024. We'll see. He warned yesterday that this issue could sink the Democrats and help the Republicans in 2022 and reelect Trump in 2024. Anyway, we have Biden on tape being asked directly if he agreed with redirecting funding away from the police. He said, uh, yes, surplus absolutely. military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, uh, absolutely. I'm- Uh, Anyway, July 8th, Biden sat down with an interview with an anti-police activist and um, he said we can reduce the responsibilities assigned to the police and redirect the funding. You know, are you open to this kind of reform? Yes, I propose that kind of reform. Yeah. okay, I guess that's a lot different. We'll get to that in a minute. 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. Now, this should not surprise anybody. Now we have Pete Buttigieg. How did it, I mean, he was a horrible mayor. <laughs> How did he get this job as transportation secretary? I don't know what area of expertise he has, but 
Uh, he was able to get it for whatever reason. Anyway, so he, he gets this 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 job, and now he's talking about, uh, yeah, he wants vaccine passports. This is now happening more and more and more. Now, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding this because I thought we were all told repeatedly to follow the science, weren't we? I had a nurse on Hannity last night on TV. It was a lovely woman. She worked all through the entire pandemic, saving lives and risking her own life and risking contracting COVID the whole time. Like so many other frontline healthcare workers, they're, to me, they're all heroes. In Houston, at Houston Hospital, they fired a hundred, it's actually Houston Methodist Hospital, they fired 153 employees because they choose not to get vaccinated. In this nurse's particular case, she had the vaccine. I'm sorry, she had the virus. I would not have disclosed that. I, when, when she agreed to be on the show, I did have my, my team ask if it was okay with them, if we could talk about what her status. And she said, no, I had COVID. Now, there was a Cleveland Clinic study last week that said if you had COVID, you don't need the vaccine. Now, I think the Cleveland Clinic, Linda, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, like the Mayo Clinic, like MD Anderson or Sloan Kettering or NYU Langone, there, there are certain places that have really stellar reputations, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so it doesn't mean they won't get things wrong, but, but I think that that's a pretty strong authority coming from the Cleveland Clinic. So the question is, she's following the science. Why did she get fired? Why did she... She was there during the entire pandemic. That's, how, that, that, that's the thanks you get? I didn't ask how she contracted COVID. She may not even know how she contracted it. She might have contracted it at work, risking her life every day. Now, we're also told, and, and this is something I don't understand either, both Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi are wearing masks at a funeral service and both are fully vaccinated. I don't know. They're, they're, I guess a funeral service for Senator John Warner. They, they wore it yesterday. They're fully vaccinated. Jill Biden, Nancy Pelosi, all wearing masks. Is it, I mean, if, you, if you're concerned about vaccine hesitancy, maybe you're causing it because the whole idea was if you got vaccinated, you're safe. You're protected. That's what they told us. That, that's the, quote, science. Now the science keeps changing. You know, now the CDC, by the way, they're still requiring that vaccinated individuals that use public transportation still wear masks. Democrats blocked a, a GOP uh, bill yesterday that was, was they, were, they were saying this is ridiculous. The federal mask mandate for interstate transit is set to expire in September, requiring masks on airplanes, airports, buses, and rail si systems. Um, and Democrats won't go, won't, won't, they still are insisting on wearing a mask. Well, is there something they're not telling us? Because that's not what they told us when they were telling us we got to get the shot. You know, Dr. Joe Biden was telling us, Dr. Kamala Harris, Dr. Nancy Pelosi all these TV and, and radio personalities, they're all telling you to get the shot. I never told you to get the shot. I said, I want you to take this virus seriously because it can kill people. We know that. 
600,000 Americans we lost. Worldwide, millions of people. I, 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 I'm not a doctor. I don't know your medical condition. I don't, it, it, it is beyond any advice I'm qualified to give you. It's like I don't tell people how to invest their money. I tell people what I don't like. I'm, I'm not a big stock market person. You know, recently I've dabbled in, in cryptocurrency, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Just, you know, that, that's your personal decision. You got to make your own, do your own research. But I told people, take it seriously. Do your own research. There's, there's a tremendous, voluminous information all over the Internet. Read it. And then talk to your doctor or doctors. Talk to medical professionals you trust. And then based on your specific, unique health condition, then you got to make a decision. Now, now we're being told that kids don't need to get vaccinated. You know, they were going to vaccinate kids like two years old. And then it keeps changing. You know, Congress demands to probe the super spreader Wuhan military games in October of 2019. Athletes from several countries got sick with COVID symptoms. Recalled streets being locked down two months before China ever reported the first case. The, the greatest evidence... We, we knew, we know that Fauci knew that gain-of-function research was, being was taking place inside of this Wuhan virology lab. We knew that they studied coronaviruses in that lab. Now we have videotape of, of bats that they have in that lab. I mean, it made sense. And yet, you know, if you, if you said it a year ago, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're, 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 you're spreading debunked conspiracy theories. That was never true. What are they trying to do? Why are they firing these people? These people are heroes. Now they got lawyers and, and the first lawsuit got thrown out. And now they have to take it to the next court. It's just a pain in the ass every time you got to go into a court, court of law. I mean, these, these judges, it's all based on the judge you get. Either you get a, a constitutionalist that, interprets the law and the constitution or you get a judicial activist you know now we find out fox had this foxnews.com that the great flip-flop dr fauci resisted president trump's directive to cancel virus research monies given to the wuhan virology lab it's in a new book that has just come out well <laughs> you know now we know from fauci's emails he was warned almost uh, on day one, on January 31st, 10 days after the first identified coronavirus case in America, he was warned that it looked like the genome had been of, of this particular virus. One specific genome had been tampered with, meaning gain of function. In all likelihood, that means it's the lab. And most Americans now believe that this this happened in a lab. Why? Because the evidence is, is it's been there from the beginning. It was my first suspicion, considering they studied coronaviruses and were involved in gain of function research. It's the worst cover up in human history. Some House Republicans are launching a campaign to, to hold China accountable. It was President Trump that said, yeah, we we need to get you know, we need to look into this. He was a, he called the conspiracy theorist by the mob and the media. All the, you know, like these idiots at the New York Times with their fake Pulitzers. Who says it's not safe to travel to China? 
I wonder what would happen to anybody that took that advice at the time. We have the largest U.S. healthcare union is fighting this mandatory vaccines that they're, they're, they're trying to force people. Now the NFL is doing the same thing. They're trying to force people to get a vaccine. You know, I'll tell you, it's it's beyond scary that the media protected Joe throughout the entire campaign. I went through a list of questions last night, the last two nights, specifically given to the phony New York Times that was wrong on Russia. And I went through all the questions about Hillary's bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier, you know, bulk of information used in FISA applications. The top of a FISA application says verified. You know, they got everything about Russia for three years wrong. And they got Pulitzer Prizes for this. Ben Smith, Maggie Haberman, esteemed colleagues at the New York Times. You know how wrong they were? They were wrong on pretty much, well, everything. You know who was right? We got it right. We usually get it right. We were right on Duke Lacrosse. They were wrong. We were right on UVA. We were right on Ferguson. We were right on Baltimore, Cambridge Police. Why? How, how do we have this track record of getting things right? Because we actually take our time. And we get real, we do, you know, real reporting, investigative reporting. You know, what about all these studies that now show hydroxychloroquine actually works? Oh, excuse me. Any of these papers ever apologized? No. When Donald Trump said the China virus likely came from the lab, he was excoriated. The media hid and protected the Biden campaign from Hunter's laptop from hell. That was real, too. Lafayette Square, we now know, was not cleared for Donald Trump to get a photo op. They lied about that. The Russian bounty story. Remember about remember that story? That was a fake, too. We produced vaccines before the end of 2020 in record time. They ever give Donald Trump credit for that? No. How did those blue state lockdowns work? You think they'll tell you the truth about that? I doubt it. Ron DeSantis was among Christy Nome and a bunch of other states, Republican governors. They, their schools have been open for in-person learning since last August. Gavin Newsom's kids have been getting in-person learning at their private school, while every other school in California public schools shut down. Southern border program of the president worked. President's economic plan worked. The president shattered every record low unemployment record for every demographic in America. Do you ever get credit for that? No, he doesn't. It's pretty amazing. You know, you can go back and you can look at from the very beginning. And, you know, they, they, they pushed a phony story about Melania Trump and her visa status. They got that wrong. New York Times in October 2016 implied Trump had not paid income taxes. Yeah, then when they finally got a hold of him, it showed he actually paid a pretty heavy amount of them. I mean, it just I can go through literally a list of everything the media got wrong because I have 45 pages on my list. Just like, you know, now all of a sudden the voting rights bill in Georgia's Jim Crow 2.0, and it's far more far less restrictive than Joe's state of Delaware. Why am I the only person to tell you these things?
You know, now they're saying that it's Jim Crow if you if you keep the filibuster. Democrats used it a total of 806 times since 2001. In 2020, they used it 115 times. In 2019, 212 times. The year before that, 123 times. They're using it more than anybody. I mean, we it is so corrupt out there on every level. Gotcha politics. Anything conservative, they hate. You know, being a conservative is not complicated. Oh, and by the way, on this other issue, um, a jab at Morgan Stanley is barring employees that don't get a vaccine from going to the office. They're not following the science either that we're told. I'm just, you know, I, I look at the media landscape out there and I just see nothing but pure corruption. The difference between this show and what conservatism is simple. You know, the things that I believe in, it's very, I can sum it up and I've been summing it up very quickly for you. We believe in liberty, freedom, capitalism, our constitution, low taxes. So people will incentivize people to invest and and build and produce limited government regulation. We believe in choice for schools so parents can choose where to send their kids to school. New York, they spend $27,000 a student. They're one of the worst records of anybody. We believe in law and order, safety and security. We believe in health care, free market solutions, protecting pre-existing conditions. I agree with that. We want energy independence. We want secure borders. We want constitutionalists on the bench. Free and fair trade. And we believe, as Reagan said, in peace through strength. Am I missing much? Because that's what I believe for 33 years that I've been on the radio. I just haven't summed it up that well. It took me 33 years to, to, to break it down into its simplest form. And we tell the truth. All these people are liberal activists, but they don't tell the truth. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free on numbers 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Um, as we pointed out to you yesterday, now when Republicans do some good things, you got to give them credit. You got to reinforce good behavior. And the fact that all 50 Republicans in the U.S. Senate said no to SR1 or S1. That's the, you know, that's the basically the uh, politicians uh, uh, protection act. They'll work in perpetuity, but there's still power grabs going on. Um, For example, we're monitoring, we're watching the ever flipping and flopping and flailing of Joe Manchin. Right now, he says that he's against ending the legislative filibuster. I don't know if he'll hold to that. Uh, Senator Cinema out in Arizona has said the same, uh, but it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's kind of I, I just keep going back, comparing Georgia's new voting law far more accessible than Joe Biden's state of Delaware. How, where does he get the nerve to call this Jim Crow 2.0? And it seems like, you know, we know that and we've chronicled many times how every two years, every four years that Republicans are racist and they're sexist, and they're misogynist, and they're homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. Now I guess we can add transphobic that want dirty air and water, and they want whatever Republican who's leading at the time 
to take a, a picture of grandma, put her in a wheelchair, and throw her over a cliff. But now the use of the race card is pretty much every day. If you're against uh, getting rid of the filibuster, you do that. That's that's racist. If you're against having voter ID laws, that's racist. That's Jim Crow 2.0. You know, when you look at the filibuster, well, we went back to 2001. And Democrats have used the filibuster 806 times, 115 times last year, uh, 212 times in 2019, uh, in 2018, 123 times. I mean, 806 times. So does that mean for 806 times that they themselves were practicing Jim Crow? Because anyway, it's, you know, when it's convenient, they just flip and flop on these positions they act like, oh, it would be a disaster if Mitch McConnell did it. President Trump was pressuring Mitch McConnell to do it. Mitch McConnell didn't do it. Republicans didn't do it. Uh, anyway, here's the Democrats now on the filibuster issue. What I mean by rigged is this. We have a right to vote in the United States that is afforded to eligible American citizens. But we have seen over the last 20 years a constriction on who has the right to use that right. We have seen it through voter ID laws. You can't get on the rolls, and if you get on the rolls, you can't stay. These laws are a blast from the Jim Crow past, and they have no place in 21st century America. Discriminatory laws and laws that were designed to suppress folks' rights to vote. Instituting photo ID laws that, on the surface, sound good. If you poll the average American, they'll say, yeah, well, well, but in practice, that's not always easy to do. At the moment, what's going on about voting rights is downright evil. With these unnecessary and unjustifiable voter ID laws. It becomes a poll tax because you don't know what form of ID the government will actually. The other restriction well, that I... A poll tax. It's a, how, do you call, how do you say it's a it's poll tax? It's a modern-day poll tax. When they're trying to make voting harder and harder, dealing with these voter ID laws, this is not about voter verification. This is about voter suppression. You've suggested that voter suppression is more insidious now in 2019 than it was even in the 60s. How so? We have always struggled with voter suppression. Republicans claim they're making it easier to vote and harder to cheat in an election. In reality, they're making it harder to vote and easier to cheat in an election. We all know it. It is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. Why didn't Joe Biden lift a finger for all the decades or centuries that he represented the state of Delaware? So they want to get rid of the filibuster. They want D.C., Puerto Rico statehood. They don't want any voter ID. No, no integrity at all in our election system. It's, I mean, you need an ID to buy a six pack of beer. If you want to go to the White House, you need an ID. If you want to go to the Capitol, you need an ID. If um, half the time you need an ID for everything. You want to buy a jewel pod for crying out loud. You need a voter ID. What's wrong with integrity? Barack Obama got elected twice and there were voter ID laws in every state. Was, was that discriminatory against him? Anyway, here to discuss this and much more uh, is uh, Senator Mike Lee from the great state of Utah. By the way, you know what I love about your state? I love a lot What's of things that? about your state. You have great skiing. Snowbird is one of the greatest places ever. Uh, and you have Crown Burger, which is the one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. Mm. Yeah, the Crown Burger with pastrami on it. it yes, the, the Crown Burger there. with pastrami on it. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> Good do you time. go there, you do you go there often? We'll, we'll go get one. Oh, yeah, of course. It's, it's a fantastic. It's a pastime. 
You can't eat one of those burgers and not love freedom and being in America. That's such a good way to put it. So when you put everything together, why would I think there are five things we need in every state to have integrity in in our election process and that every American then would have confidence in our results. Voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody controls. You got to clean up and update voter rolls every every two years at least. Uh, and lastly, most states have statutory language that say that says uh, that partisan observers get to watch the vote count from start to finish. Is there anything wrong with any of those five things? No, no, it's it's not. And look, if it's, if a state like Delaware does or doesn't want to have any of those things, then they'll bear the consequences with their own voters and the integrity of their own system. Obviously, states like Delaware have chosen to adopt things like this, which makes it all the more inexcusable for the president and the president's party to be condemning states for adopting provisions that states like Delaware have had for a long time. It's absolutely absurd, in part because we cheapen what it means to engage in Jim Crow policies. Jim Crow policies, which, by the way, were foisted on America by the Democratic Party. But if everything is Jim Crow, nothing is. And they cheapen the concept of that term and the indignities that American citizens suffered under that era brought about by Democrats when they use it where it doesn't belong. How real? Well, first of all, do you think this issue is now dead? In other words, this is not going to pass in the next two years. Okay, so S-1, this this, uh, bill that is perhaps most properly referred to as the Corrupt Politicians Act, failed this week, but this thing is not dead. It's, it's been around for a few years. It's not going to go away anytime soon. They're going to still try to pass it later this year, which is why we, as liberty-loving Americans, can't let our guard up. And we've got to continue to oppose it on grounds that, uh, among other things, Sean, it, it make it easier for people to vote illegally, harder for states to detect and stop voter fraud, and perhaps in the most nasty feature of it might well be the fact that it would fund politicians' campaigns using your hard-earned taxpayer dollars. You know, I've had conversations with a number of my colleagues the last few days who, using the formula, the six-to-one formula uh, uh, that's included in S-1, have calculated that their own campaigns would have received tens of millions of dollars from the federal government in the last campaign cycle if S-1 were on the books. The American people don't want that. That causes all sorts of problems, including the fact that when the government decides to fund campaigns, it has to decide which campaigns it's going to fund. That's really ugly. So let me ask you about these other power grabs. What are the odds that they will eliminate the legislative filibuster? What are the odds that they will successfully pack the courts, especially the Supreme Court? Uh, What are the odds that D.C. will get statehood or Puerto Rico will get statehood, for example? Okay, so all of those questions are bound back up in the first question you asked about the legislative filibuster. In other words, they can't do any of those things unless they nuke the filibuster. If they nuke the filibuster, they can do all of those things. They're playing to their base right now, claiming that they want to do each of those things, but that they can't because of the filibuster, which they themselves are now hypocritically claiming is racist. I think it'll tell them and us a lot about what they do, whether they mean any of this to the base or whether they're just shamelessly pandering to their base and don't mean it. I'm not sure they can get away with it personally, but I'm also not sure that Manchin and Cinema's insistence that they won't vote to nuke the filibuster in fact saves it. There are tricks that they can deploy that wouldn't require the vote of either Manchin or Cinema. That worries me a lot. That's why we've got to be on guard constantly. 
What do you make of this bipartisan infrastructure deal that apparently there's that is getting closer to coming to fruition, which would be one point two trillion dollars over eight years, or at least its current manifestation, nine hundred and seventy four billion over five years, five hundred and fifty nine billion in new spending. Um, You know, your fellow uh, senator in Utah, Mitt Romney, is a part of this group. Uh, do you support what their talk, what the proposal is at least now? Because I don't. Yeah, I I don't have all the details, Sean. I'm always willing to look at something once they have the details. But th- let me tell you this: I struggle with the assumption that we should engage in any new spending at all at a time when we've been spending trillions of dollars that we don't have, causing inflation to skyrocket, along with what we're doing with the COVID-related supplemental unemployment insurance, which is in turn facilitating inflation. Hardworking Americans are paying the price for that, a heavy, heavy price for that. And I strongly question whether it's a good idea for us to be doing any more spending right now at all, in part because this will bring about more inflation. I talk about this a lot on my website at leeforsenate.com, by the way. All right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to hold uh, Senator Lee. We don't get him on the show often enough. We'll talk about COVID on the other side. All right, we continue uh, with Senator Mike Lee, great state of Utah. Let me ask you about Joe Biden, um, his solution to the crime problem. Well, let me let me backtrack because Joe spoke yesterday and let's just say in typical Joe form, he's struggling mightily to get thoughts out. Let's play from play his uh, struggles from yesterday. The blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Police Chief Murray of the Baltimore, uh, uh, excuse me, Police Chief Murray, Police Chief Murphy, Paul of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it means confirming my outstanding nominee for to lead the AFT, excuse me, the, the ATF, David Chipman. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a magazine of a gun. Like I said before, what do you think? The, the deer wearing Kevlar vest? Okay, so there's Joe Biden slurring his words, referring to the ATF as the AFT, at one point talking about the history of the Second Amendment and, and the blood of patriots before concluding that someone would need a nuclear weapon to take down the government. Um, he was confused beyond belief. He couldn't pronounce the word cognitive and couldn't even mention or pronounce the name of this, this individual he's, he was struggling to announce. Um, I, I've got to be honest. Uh, it, in one sense, it kind of makes me laugh. But uh, on the other side of this, I know that Vladimir Putin and President Xi and Kim Jong-un and Iranian mullahs and radical Islamic terrorists, they're watching uh, the fact that he's he's a cognitive mess as we are. Yes. And look, there's a lot to pack, a lot to unpack in that statement that that you just played. I, I had not heard that recording. Uh, I think I wait do you see it. It's worse on video. Yeah, go ahead. Good heavens. I mean, I, I disagree with every syllable he uttered there, including the words but, and, and the. 
Um, look, uh, Exhibit A there for my reaction to Joe Biden's statement is David Chipman himself. David Chipman, the same guy he referenced, the ATF nominee, is somebody who I voted against this morning in the Judiciary Committee and gave a speech against this morning in the Judiciary Committee because he's terrible. I mean, this is a guy who said a few years ago that he thinks we ought to lock people up before they commit any crime. I mean, setting aside the Second Amendment, even before you get to the Second Amendment, that's a due process violation. I called up my Democratic colleagues and said, look, if, if the shoe were on the other foot and you had a, a Republican president nominating anyone who had said something like this, you'd be outraged. Where's the outrage here? The fact that he's relying on David Chipman for anything is astounding, let alone the fact that he's nominated him to be the nation's top gun law enforcement guy. We've got to stop this guy's nomination. The president also reflected in that statement a certain cavalier uh, haughtiness toward all Americans who believe that the Second Amendment communicates and, and guarantees uh, an individual right to bear arms, which, by the way, so too does the Supreme Court of the United States. He's reflecting this hostility toward Americans who acknowledge that that's what it says. And he's mischaracterizing it as, as saying that we need that to overthrow the government. That's a really unfair statement. As the Supreme Court has acknowledged, the Second Amendment protects something. It protects something that I described in a book uh, I wrote a few years ago called Our Lost Constitution, in which I talked about the fact that the Second Amendment doesn't just go back to 1791. No, it, it goes back to the 1600s in England. This thing is very, very old, and it recognizes that citizens in a country like ours, have the right to have arms to engage in lawful activities. Arms held by law-abiding law purposes, persons for lawful purposes. That's what it protects. And the fact that he's mischaracterizing it as something that's, uh, that, that people gravitate toward in order to overthrow the government, that is shameful. No president of the United States, no officer of the United States of any sort, let alone the president, should ever say such a thing, and he should be ashamed. He should apologize. Well, this guy certainly shouldn't be in charge of or the the head of the AFT, to quote Joe. Um, let me ask you, you've been outspoken about these requirements of the CDC that vaccinated people have to wear masks on public transportation. I had a, a woman on last night who's a nurse, and she was fired from her hospital. And now, she had COVID. I, I We we keep getting lectured that we should follow the science. The Cleveland Clinic came out with a study last week that said if, if you had COVID, you don't need the vac vaccine at all. Um, she's following the science. And more importantly, if some people make a decision in consultation with their doctor or their own research for whatever reason they, they might have, right or wrong, it's still their decision if you believe in freedom. And now 153 people lost their job. And now the CDC is still requiring you wear a mask on public transportation. And Joe goes to a funeral of somebody and he's still wearing his mask, even though he's fully vaccinated. Now, if there's any vaccine hesitation, isn't it being caused by them? Yes, absolutely. In fact, what they're doing is they're disincentivizing people from getting the vaccine, which is counterintuitive, given that that's what they claim to want. When you take away incentives that other people would otherwise have, if they're told, look, there's no need for you to wear a mask in public, once you've had the vaccine, more people are going to get the vaccine. So this runs contrary to what they themselves claim they want. And it runs contrary not only to freedom, as you mentioned, but also contrary to the CDC's own science. They have yet to produce a single shred, a single scintilla of evidence supporting the idea that fully vaccinated persons need to wear a mask in public. They simply don't. By the way, I asked them two months ago to provide any evidence they have to support the 
idea that even children as young as two have to wear a mask on public modes of transportation. Oh, my gosh. So you see these parents getting kicked off of airplanes? I mean, it's unbelievable because they can't keep a mask on their two-year-old. That would be called normal. No no two-year-old wants a mask on. Uh, Senator, it's great to catch up with you, and uh, we're going to be following your race out there. You've done a great job for the people of Utah, and uh, I'm looking forward to you uh, winning your re-election. Uh, we'll be following it all along the way in 2022. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much, Sean. Great to be with you. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. As we start with Bobby is in the great state of Florida. What's up, Bobby? How are you? Glad you called. Sean, how are you, sir? Good to talk to you. Very nice to talk to you. I can't push you enough to finally sell and move out of there like I did when I retired from the NYPD. Okay, um, let me just tell you what I'm doing. I am doing exactly that. I'm preparing Wait to leave New York. Wait till the 20% increase. Wait till Cuomo puts in the tax increase. That's coming. You're all going to run. No, well, it's, it's, it's even bigger than that. Honestly, you know, no. because I'm a, I'm a target, you, listen, I'm going to be very honest. My lawyers tell me that it's without a doubt and we, we, we act accordingly. We assume every year my taxes are pulled. Every single solitary year. We assume it's gone over with a fine-tooth comb. I don't have one accounting firm that does my taxes. I have another accounting firm that comes in behind them to double-check their work. Because I couldn't fill out one of these stupid forms if my life depended on it. I mean, that's how careful I have to yeah. be because I'm a of public course. figure. And I'm and I'm not listen. I'm not complaining. I'm just I'm just telling people what my reality is. Of course, I just fully understand. So the reason for my call is I was part of the NYPD during the Giuliani administration under Bill Bratton, under Ray wow. Kelly, and yeah, we were there for the you know the kickback. I was a city resident for 13 years prior to that, living in the Great Borough of Brooklyn, and we were there. The problem today and this day, what again, you look at the candidates that are running, and I know you're familiar with it. A lot of the audience throughout the country is not seeing it all. The majority of the people that are in the city were never around for the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. So they don't remember what it was like and what we had to go through back then. So they only see the city now as this great bastion utopia where all the tourists come. And all of a sudden, now they're going to complain about every little thing. So they start attacking the police department. The leaders that you got running now for mayor, the leaders that they elected, all of these people are put into power by all these people that have lived there. They're the ones that revoked all of the laws. They're the ones that decriminalized everything we used to our advantage to bring crime down. And now you're front runner. Unfortunately, it's not Curtis because I haven't liked Curtis and met him a few times while I was on patrol. Unfortunately, now Eric Adams, who is out front, people don't remember what he was back in the 90s and the 2000s. Back, he stood side by side with Al Sharpton, who's his best friend and called for the demise and the dismantling of Stop, Question, and Frisk in the police departments. You know, They're missing well, all of that well, rhetoric. You know, and then you look at Chicago. Well, if you, and I'll tell you, if you look at the coverage, for example, I mean, there's more coverage about the fact that, that Curtis will end euthanizing cats in New York City, which is, I'm, I'm fine with it. I love animals. I don't like animals being euthanized. And But you're right. I mean, all of the coverage is about the Democratic side because... The sad reality is, is that, you know, eight, nine to one, Democrats outnumber Republicans in New York City. And, you know, from your years working there, of course, even even the New York Post, which is pro cop, pro right wing middle. And I find them more middle of the road than right side. But even them, they won't acknowledge or give Curtis the, the support. They came out and supported Eric Adams. 
again, he founded 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement and 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement that care. And he was critically, very critical of the NYPD, stop question and frisk, Ray Kelly, and how we did our job. But he could never, never say we did a bad job because we went where crime was. Anywhere, and you said it, anywhere there was, that's where we went. Unfortunately, the entire group of people that now have flooded into New York City and live there were never around for any of this. So they don't know when we say the bad old days are coming back. They don't understand it. They think we're lying. They think it's a joke. We bailed out of there as soon as de Blasio became mayor. We were all, me and all of my friends were like, see you, we're going to retire and we're going to Florida. And it was the best thing we ever did. The best thing we ever did. What, part of, Florida you, what part of Florida are you in? I am just north of Clearwater. I'm about uh, 20 minutes north of Clearwater. On the oh, I know the area well. Listen, I love it. Do you go to, uh, do you watch Tom Brady go to any Tampa uh, Bucks games I, or no? I go to the Bucks games. I'm not a Brady fan, but being that I'm now in Florida, because again, I'm a, I, I like another football team, but, and no, not the Jets or the Giants. <laughs> did you, <laughs> did you being, see Tampa Bay Lightning and the Islanders last night? Oh my gosh, what a I game. Did. What it, a game. It was one of the best games ever. One of the, what, one of the coolest things that happened this year is the Islander fans have taken over the singing of the national anthem. It's so cool. I thought that was awesome. That was, was one of the awesome. best things I've ever seen. Watch the Lightning game when they do their national anthem. The entire place is on their feet. We're doing the same. They are, but they're not, sing, they're not sing, taking over and singing. Yeah. The, that is uniquely. No, not like and, that. Not like that. I mean, I hope this. I I hope this catches on, because I think it's a. It would be a loud message. Keep politics out of sports. Out of sports, absolutely. Yeah. I don't care what you do like that. I just I come to watch a game. If I exactly. want to listen to political nonsense. By the I way, you, you probably like everybody else. You don't care who you're sitting next to. You you have no. a shared passion with somebody right. you don't know. You you both love a a, a, a team. Uh, you're high fiving strangers. You're buying a stranger Absolutely. a beer. You know, sharing your popcorn with strangers. I mean, I have a great time. So you're taking so the most what? unifying event and you're destroying it and poisoning the well by bringing politics into it. So stupid. sports and music are those two venues to sports and music are those two venues to me that should not have politics involved because that's when you can disconnect from the realistic part of the world and just go back to saying, I'm going to have fun and disconnect and not pay attention for 10 minutes and where we find exactly. that common ground. And unfortunately, people want to find and hold on to everything, the most minute, and call you out on it rather than just say, you know what, I'm going to look past that. We both like the same sports teams. Cool. What else do we have in common? They can't it's do so that true. nowadays. It's getting really stupid. Come on down, Sean, man. Let me tell you all what. Right, Bobby, it's listen, thanks for all your 90. service in New York. I'm glad your life, I'm glad you have a, a happy retirement. You sound happy. Retirement. I'm working down here. I got five years on down here. <laughs> 20 years, they have five years here. <laughs> awesome. Now you're going to have three pensions by the time you're done. I love it. That's good for you. Come on. I, come uh, down. The tax benefits are fantastic. I know. And I get my carry permit in a day. Thank you. Uh, all right, Bobby. Appreciate it. All right. Back to our busy phones. Chicago. Uh, Janine is with us. Hey, Janine. How are you? Glad you called. John. Thank you. Thanks for uh, taking my call. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. Well, so I called actually because my friend told me this bizarre story. So we live in the suburbs of Chicago, and she was flying back from Detroit to Chicago last week, and she's on a major airline, which I will not name, and there's this young um, African-American man who is literally vaping during, before, the entire flight. 
And the flight attendants were well aware of it, knew exactly what was going on, and completely ignored him. Now, you know, Mayor Lori Lightfoot just said the biggest issue, you know, public health issue in Chicago is racism. Well, the problem is, is that when you don't hold people to the same standards, people start going, uh, wait a minute, why is this guy, you know, not being held to this standard? And I truly think that so he was joke. like he was vaping like the whole time. He wasn't Fully like sneaking vaping. a quick hit, hit here no, or there. No, no. And I have pictures and, and she, <laughs> that she took. By the way, I, I'm kind of laughing and I got, you know, I'll make a little confession here. I've been on a plane uh, and, you know, I love my jewel. I've been known to maybe just, you know, very discreetly, you know, put my hand to my face. Uh, but you, you kind of can do it in a way where you don't blow out any any smoke at all, and it has no odor whatsoever. Um, I might have done that once or twice. Linda, would you say that that's pretty accurate? I'd say it's a lot more than that. <laughs> Remember we had the, the long flight, everybody, the whole TV team, the whole radio team. We're on, uh, which was it? We were on Emirates Air. Where the hell were we going? Singapore? Uh, that like- time we were going to Vietnam. Okay, it was like 20 hours in the air. I'm not going 20 hours with a, without a hit on my jewel. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. Um, but you can, like, do that in the bathroom, and, you know, but it doesn't smell. It's not like a cigarette. It's not nothing like that. Um, but if the guy's that brazen about it and that dopey about it, I mean, if somebody said to me, you know, don't do that. I, well, first of all, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to get caught. I mean, the guy's an idiot for just doing it out in the open. Well, I, I just she just couldn't believe it. Like nobody would at least say say something. I mean, as of this year, it, it is a federal offense. I mean, that's I'm a federal sure offense to I, take a hit on a jewel. Yeah, yeah, according to the FAA, it is. You're not allowed to have any. Okay, I never did it my whole life. That's just a joke. Like that, that was for for radio hyperbole uh, purposes only. Okay. No, the whole point is that. I think, you know, maybe somebody could have said, you know, hey, maybe just like put that away or, you know, maybe that's not the safest thing or whatever. They just ignored it. No, that's inconsiderate. I I agree with you. But I do Uh, feel like overall that there is this idea that certain groups based on, you know, very superficial things, like whether it's your skin color or whatever, they're not being, there's not an objective standard that there is this very woke idea of of making laws um, really subjectively applied. And that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And I think we have to really look at all the things they're doing. Like you were talking to um, the, your, the last senator, and he was talking about, you know, voter ID and all this. If you try to say, like, a certain group of people can't get a voter ID, you try to say a certain amount of certain group of people, you know, uh, they shouldn't be prosecuted for looting because they have an excuse. You constantly make up excuses for people. And that is not holding everyone to the same law. And I'm sorry, but it's dehumanizing. It dehumanizes that group. It's like saying that they don't have, that you can't make that moral choice. I'm sorry. Let let me me tell you something. They're they're not, the only reason Democrats want this is because they think they can cheat. That's it. There's no reasonable explanation. All right, I got a, I got a roll. Let me, let me uh, just uh, say, I've no, I've never taken a hit on a jewel on, on, a, on what was it, Emirates Air. Never did it once, right, right, Linda? That's right. 
<laughs> I mean, first of all, the guy sounds like an idiot. I mean, you could do it discreetly and, and not show everybody what you're doing. I don't think he's being an idiot. I think he's just one of those people who does not think that the law applies to him. He probably went to the Hillary Rodham Clinton school of the law does not apply to me. Now, listen, it's not, it's not like um, I mean, it's not a danger to anything or anybody. It doesn't matter if it's a danger or not. It matters. No, if, I think you, you know, got to be considerate of other people around you. You don't. They don't want smoke in their face, even if it has right. no odor. They don't want it. He's yeah. very lucky he wasn't sitting in front of me because I wouldn't. Well, remember, have tolerated we were, it. we were we had our own little compartment in first class where you can close the door. I mean, but even still, smoke travels. It's not like it's stopped by anything. No, I'm. You know, you're talking about smoke. When I'm not talking about smoking it outright, I'm just taking it like an right. But that's what that guy was too. doing. That's what she was talking about. He was sitting there like he was in his living room. No, yes, know. <laughs> what an he idiot. He was like, oh hey, just gonna vape I, a I little. Mean, you know, the sad thing is, is and then you're creating a confrontation. You're putting the flight attendants, you know, in a bad position because now they got to tell you to stop. Then if the, you tell somebody to stop something, then if, you know. A potential conflict arises. And then the next thing you know, you make an emergency landing to throw some jackass off the plane and you just wasted three hours of your day, at least. Exactly. And they decided to ignore it and get everybody where they were going. Yeah. Quick break. Right back. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right. News roundup information overload hour 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So, well, finally... Kamala is going to the border. She needed to first travel to, uh, let's see, Guatemala and find out what, what are the real causes? Why are people coming to the border anyway? Well, number one, you as a candidate provided free, said you'd get free health care. Joe invited people. When I get elected, come to the border. Come get, you'll get asylum. And now we have record numbers of illegal immigrants. They're not even getting stopped. They they stopped the end uh, stay in Mexico policy. They stopped building the border wall. They brought back catch and release, but it's it's a revised version of it, which is basically process and release and don't even give a court date. And then we'll invite your whole family. And by the way, if you were deported because you entered the country illegally and you were sent back, we're telling you to come back and we'll let you let you apply for asylum now. I mean, that's how nuts this is getting. So it's taken all this time for Kamala Harris to realize, oh, maybe I should go to the border and see what's actually going on there. Uh, Okay, it's a little bit late and a little too little too late. And, you know, it's been 92 days since she's been appointed the border czar. Twenty three Republicans, by the way, have now moved to censure of Joe Biden for sabotaging America's border security. Well, he's not only. He's facilitating the law breaking. He's aiding and abetting, as a matter of fact. He's not enforcing the laws of the land, which he's uh, uh, he swore an oath to do such. You know, Harris's border visit apparently will avoid any illegal immigration hotspots. When she goes there uh, tomorrow, they're going to keep her apparently hundreds of miles away from any of the illegal immigration hotspots to make sure the American people don't see the problem that she's been avoiding. I doubt she's going to walk into any of the cages that she and Joe have been building where where we have all these kids in the middle of a pandemic, uh, a very high rate of 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 people testing positive for covid in the middle of a pandemic living on top of each other. I mean, it's this, this thing is a joke. 
You know, she's been doing next to nothing the entire time. The attorney general of the great state of Arizona, who also announced that he's running against uh, Senator Kelly uh, in 2022. Uh, Mark Burnovich is with us. He invited the vice president a long time ago to come. So I guess they're checking the box. But the real reason that she's even going is because Donald Trump started trolling her. And he announced that he's going to the border next Wednesday. And I'll be down there with President Trump and with Governor Abbott. I think it's now my 15th trip to the border. Everywhere from, a, you know, the Rio Grande all the way straight through Arizona and, and San Diego. I've been down there many, many times. I've seen enough to know how bad the problem was. And Donald Trump fixed a lot of the problem. He had the lowest numbers in decades of illegal immigrants entering the country. Now, now we have the highest number, highest influx of illegal immigrants in 25, 30 years. Mr. Attorney General, thanks for being back with us. Thank you, Sean, for having me. Let's talk about you invited Vice President Harris to tour the border with you. What do you see uh, happening tomorrow? I see this as a photo op. Since we invited her, since she's been appointed to Border Czar, in three months, Sean, we've seen 500,000, half a million people cross our border illegally. We know that this is a result of the failed Biden policies where they essentially encourage, as, you, as you've talked about, incentivize people coming over here by giving them government benefits, but that they're not enforcing the law. So they've stopped the deportations with 1.2 million people with final deportation orders. You know, you and I have talked about our lawsuit. It's pending right now in federal court. We're waiting for the judge to make a decision. But in the meantime, you have people in prisons, in short-term custody, that are being released, that have been convicted of felons. We know that the drug cartels are taking advantage of this. The main numbers are out. 300% increase in fentanyl coming across our border. We know that Biden's own FBI director, Christopher Wray, testified that there's no question that cartel activity is spilling over to our border. So finally, finally, seeing that this is indeed a crisis, even though they won't call it that, that indeed it's endangering American lives, she's going to go down for a photo op. And it's just so disappointing to me because there's not talking about actually just enforce the law, Sean. Enforce the law as it is. That's the first step. So let me let me talk about the law aspect of this. And you correct me if I'm wrong. But my recollection is during the Biden Obama years that then governor of Arizona, your state, Jan Brewer, uh, tried to take the federal government to court because they weren't enforcing the laws of the country, which is we, we, we have laws. You're not allowed to enter this country illegally. And now, unfortunately, because uh, I talked to Governor Abbott many times uh, about this, governors are literally, they literally have handcuffs on. They can't enforce the laws that the federal government are supposed to be enforcing. That has now put Governor Abbott in the position that he's now dedicated $250 million to, to building his own wall. Um, ha- explain to me that if the federal government refuses to enforce the laws, why can't the states do it? Well, Sean, you are right about that prior case history, and that's what happened is the U.S. Supreme Court case went up 
Governor Brewer tried to, you know, uh, make certain crimes, state crimes related to immigration. And the U.S. Supreme Court basically said, no, no, this is something the federal government has the responsibility to do. It's clear in the Constitution, so therefore the states are preempted from doing anything. The problem with that, and this is the problem that's going on in Washington, D.C., they're doing all this stuff on COVID bills. They're trying to nationalize elections. All this stuff that's inconsistent with the Constitution. And meanwhile, the thing that the government's supposed to do is protect our national security, protect our borders. They're absolutely not doing. So the Biden administration, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have these three lawsuits against them is they're clearly not doing their job. And literally under Title VIII of the U.S. Code, it says the federal government shall, within 90 days of deportation order, deport people. 1.2 million people at those orders, and they're refusing to deport them. It's jeopardizing our safety. It's jeopardizing our security. And Kamala Harris going down to Central America, spending hundreds of millions of dollars, our taxpayer dollars, to address the root causes. I could have saved her that money. But the root causes is that they're incentivizing and they've decriminalized people come here. And Americans, all of this country, Sean, this isn't a Texas problem. It's not an Arizona problem. We will all pay the price through an increase in drugs in our neighborhoods, increase the cartel's power, and literally the lawlessness. We're sending a message to the rest of the world that we are weak. You know, Biden talks about red lines. Well, they won't even enforce the lines on the border right now. You know, the lines that draw the separation between Mexico and the United States. What makes you think that the Biden administration is going to support lines or red lines anywhere else? It makes us so. So what does this mean in all practicality for the state of Arizona? Because you have a, a high percentage of illegal immigrants in the state. Um, you can't remove them legally because the federal government prohibits that. Now they seek services. <clears throat> I assume everybody needs food and shelter. And those that need health care are not going to be turned away. And children are not going to be denied access to schools, are they? No. Be, and even under law, I mean, you can't deny if someone shows up to the hospital and they don't have legal status, you can't deny them, you know, emergency or health care service. And so the Biden administration is essentially having all these people come over now and telling them to come over. It is overwhelming the system, and it's going to cost taxpayers, as you know, not only hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. I mean, we know right now, and this is something, Sean, that so many people are upset about here in Arizona, there's literally a hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, that's a detention center now in a very swanky area. If Kamala Harris wants to see what's going on with their failed policies, you know, I would normally roll out the red carpet for her, but there's not a lot of hotel rooms available now because they're all being taken up as detention centers. We literally are spending tens of millions of dollars to house people that broke the law and then providing these benefits. It's unfair to taxpayers. It's inconsistent with the Constitution, the rule of law. You know that's why I've got these multiple lawsuits going on trying to hold them accountable. But my goodness, this is why elections matter. We need good judges, federal judges. They're going to say, you know what, I'm going to enforce the Constitution and the law and not do what my policy preferences are. And I know President Trump tried to change that with some excellent judicial appointees, but we need more of them. We cannot let the Biden administration, its Justice Department, not only take over our elections, but basically not enforce the law and gut our immigration system. It's just unfathomable to me. All right, let's talk about the latest, and that is you're now uh, throwing your hat in the ring. You're running for Senate. Uh, You're running against uh, Senator Kelly, Mark Kelly, who's not very popular in the state. Um, He seems to be the most reliable Schumer vote in the United States Senate. I've never seen him take a contrary position. Uh, Unlike, for example, Kristen Sinema, to her credit, she wrote an op-ed this week why she supports keeping the legislative filibuster. 
and she's not going to vote with the Democratic leadership. Kelly has not done the same thing. Uh, what is the feeling in Arizona about Senator Kelly? I think Arizonans want a senator that's going to represent Arizona values and not kowtow to Chuck and Nancy. And just as you sh- said, Sean, he is voting with uh, Schumer every single time. He's one of the sponsors of S-1, the bill that would nationalize our elections and concentrate more power in Washington, D.C. He voted for the COVID relief bill that'll stop the ability of states to cut taxes. I mean, my goodness, this is he is a leftist dream because he wants to concentrate power in Washington, D.C. He wants to tax, 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 spend, 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 and get everyone dependent on the federal government. And maybe most importantly, Sean, here in Arizona, we are in this border crisis, and he is MIA. He won't say anything. He won't do anything. And my goodness, we need senators that represent Arizona values, you know, not be another reliable vote for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. All right, as we continue, Attorney General, now Senate candidate from the great state of Arizona, uh, Mark Wernovich is with us. Is there going to be a big primary? Any other people announced yet? Well, I mean, there's a couple folks, but the reality, Sean, as you know, I've run statewide. I've been vetted. As you know, my wife's a federal judge. We've been through that. She's been through that confirmation process. I got more votes than Cinema or McSally in 2018. I'm a principled conservative. I'm the real deal. I know how to articulate and defend our values. And so people can always find out more at BrunoForAZ.com. BRNO. I know it's a tough name to spell. By the way, but, well, you've uh, got it, the, the worst website of any politician I've ever heard. I mean, how do you expect oh, people to find your website? By, I know, it? Sean. You told me that. I, I can't even. Re- I can't even repeat it, and you just said it. What is it? B r n o f o r a z dot com. Burno for a z dot com. Sean, I can't help it. How about Mark B for Senate dot com? Can't you get that domain? Why don't you make it easy? All right, I'll, I'll talk to our people. That, that, that. That. It's I mean, like uh, impossible. Uh, Nobody's ever going to be able to look up your record and and your positions on issues if you can't find the website. Well, Sean, you it's you bad enough know, that you, nobody. No, I guarantee you, nobody can can spell Bernovich. I couldn't, except it's in front of me. But I, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to spell it. <laughs> well, Sean, I am a bad politician, but I am a principled conservative. So I, I appreciate that, uh, that part, but I'm yeah. I'm just giving you some humble advice. I mean, nobody's right. going to find your website. You got to change the website domain. Linda, can you help this guy out? I mean, is it, we love. By the way, we love having you on the show. You're a great guy. And I, I was think just thinking, maybe you had a career in uh, digital placement. You know, marketing. I don't know. Uh, maybe Mr. Collins, Sean. I'm gonna go All right, Linda, well, well, hang on. Linda, you're, you're like the tech expert on the show. You're far more technically advanced than I am. Do you think that's a good website domain? Because I don't. I'm not going to lie and say that Berno for AZ, people are going to spell it the <laughs> exactly. wrong way. Nobody's going to find it. It's not intuitive. It's not. How about markbforsenate.com? Try that one. All right. We may have to change it then, Sean, because you, you uh, are pretty savvy at this stuff so i'll talk to my people although Berno, you know it's kind of my name it's kind of my given name okay you know, but then the once they find the now. site you can you can call yourself Berno. then it'll catch on right. then you can have Berno hats and Berno t-shirts and Berno whatever's for sale i do you know do whatever you bumper want stickers yeah yeah there you All go right. bumper stickers <laughs> maybe yard signs i don't know what, what do i know i've only been doing this 33 years i don't know much you do, you've done it yes you're you're a genius at this stuff and i i when a wise man talks, you listen. You don't play cards against somebody with a city in their first name. And you don't get in the land war in Asia. When Sean Hannity gives you political advice, you take it. You, you'd be surprised how often I'm ignored. Linda, that's a fact, isn't it? 
I don't uh, know. The way he just answered that question was perfect. He's been doing well as far as I'm concerned. All right. well, we, appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate you being with us. Attorney General, great state of Arizona, Berno, uh, Bernovich, uh, Mark Bernovich. Hopefully he'll have a new website but the, the next time he's on the program. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Sean. 800-941-SEAN. You know nobody's going to find that website. I'm I mean, not disagreeing with you. It is not intuitive yeah, but to you self- see, if, if spell it that way. But you Sean, with me about, hold on a mean minute. To me, what's your phone number, Sean? One eight hundred nine four one S E A N. Sean, and do you know how many people spell that name wrong? A ton. That's why. When I do, so do you know? Well, we have plenty. We have so many calls. We can't handle the calls that we have. It's not the point. The point is, is that we actually spell the name wrong and we have all the wrong spellings registered to reroute to this number so but, but, wait a minute. He, but there's a reason what? i don't spell it out often because okay. if you can't figure that part out you're probably not going to make it on the show anyway because you're not well, smart the, enough to figure it out the people that it spell it s-h-a-w-n think you spell it wrong so you know no there would be too many numbers if you spell that's not the point a u-n or s-h-a-w-n Mm-hmm. So people have to figure out it's S-E-A-N, and if you figure mm-hmm. it out, you're probably smart enough to get on the air. My point is is that what he should do is he should buy all the misspellings and route it back to B-R-N-O for A-Z. All Just right, you call opinion. him and you tell him, because I don't... I, I will do that. as far as I go with this. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. All right, some of the other news we haven't gotten to yet. Um, there's an angry teacher. This is pretty interesting here. At an East uh, Des Moines, Iowa high school who's not allowed to teach uh, CRT, critical race theory. Um, And then the unhappy teacher, by the way, because of a mandate from the Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds, to do the Pledge of Allegiance and have an American flag in every classroom. Oh, oh, I get the vapors. Listen, this is what's Today is the first time our country has recognized Juneteenth as a national holiday, and yet I'm getting ready to go back to school in the fall, and my governor has put into place some ridiculous legislation that many governors across the country have put into place, such as I can't teach anything divisive, I can't teach critical race theory, and I can't teach about racial equity. This is at all public schools colleges and universities so teachers in the past we've been activists after the show of last year we really need to stand up and do what's right for our kids right now so this is a call to action teachers we got to stand up and fight for our kids because this is the other thing that my governor has mandated for next year is that every classroom it's mandatory that we all have an american flag And it is mandatory that we all do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. You're going to be hearing from me a lot next year. So I'm like listening to this and I'm saying, okay, if you if you're if you think your role as a teacher. Is not to talk about at all what makes America a great country. I don't think you belong. You know, who wants to send their kids into that classroom? And this is where this is where parents are just trapped because if, if we all have to pay taxes, a lot of your tax money, especially like property tax money, all that goes to schools, whether you're using the schools or not. If you want to send your kid to a private school, then you got to pay more money on top of that. A lot of people can't afford to do that. 
I mean, my, my mom, the prison guard, my dad, the family court probation officer and, and waiter. I mean, they never took vacations. They didn't buy new cars till much later in life because they couldn't afford them because they were sending their kids to Catholic schools. It was, you know, relatively inexpensive then, but it still was a big chunk of their budget. And they did it. They worked overtime. They did everything they could to make it work because they didn't like the public school system. I mean, it's just getting worse every day. And then you look at, I'll tell you another example of, you know, government mess. Everything the government touches is a mess. You know, for those of you that believe these false promises of New Green Deal socialism, you know, just just look at the track record of the same people that are selling it to you. Because they're the ones that bankrupted Medicare and Social Security. They never put the money in a lockbox like they promised. They're the ones that can have that that support defunding the police, dismantling the police, no bail laws. So they, they can't even keep you safe and secure in your own town or own city. They don't believe in law and order. You know, these are the same people that promised you you get to keep your doctor, keep your care and, and save money. And millions lost their doctors, lost their care, and we're all paying about 250% more. So now you're going to trust them with every other aspect of your life? Why would you put your faith, hope, and trust in people that fail to such a high level? You know, uh, look, look at all the great benefits, the unemployment benefits. It's killing small businesses. I told you the story the other day of the CEO of Lane's Chicken Fingers in Texas. I hope, by the way, I, there's a there's a a company. A, where is it located in in Florida? It's actually a chicken salad. It's it's a chicken salad fast food place. Did you ever hear about this place, Linda? No. And they, all these variations of chicken salad. The 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 chicken salad's phenomenal. Who would ever think that you can turn chicken? What, salad? what are the variations? There's like all different kinds of tasting. You can, you can look it up. I don't remember them, but I've tried many. What'd of you them. get? And I, I, I love all of them. I love chicken salad. And you can't remember one of them and tell me about it? I got the main one. All right. How's that? The regular <laughs> one. Regular chicken salad. <laughs> it was so amazing you got the same old, no, same old. No, I've tried like five or six of them. They got all different versions of chicken salad, but that's all they sell is chicken salad. And the place is like you got to wait online just to get your chicken salad. It's unbelievable. Now, the CEO of Lane's Chicken Fingers, I, I guarantee you this place has to be doing well. And I'm glad I'm, I'm always happy to hear that people do well in business. The food industry is a very tough business. I, I worked in restaurants. Is it chicken salad chick? That's it. Yes. Yeah, I found it. Did She's all, all over right, Florida. What are, what are the versions? Uh, let's did, see. Did chicken salad, chicken salad chick, heart, soul and chicken salad. Stacy, the original chick. Always made fresh chicken salad BLT. Then we got yep. the Southern favorite. Yep. We got cranberries. Told you. I told no, you. You, you actually didn't me. tell me anything. That's why I had to look it up. No, I told you they had all the different versions. You're asking me to remember. I haven't been in, in, in Tampa in a long time. They have, and the place does phenomenal business. Phenomenal. Um, anyway, so I, I'm obviously this guy that owns Lane's Chicken Fingers in Texas talks about paying teenage managers 50 grand. That's not bad. That's a really good salary for a teenager. That's serious money. They can That's a really good away. salary for anybody. 
Anyway, here's the CEO of this company. Uh, if the next time, find out what the locations are. We're going to be in Texas next Wednesday. And when I'm down there, I'm going to try and, and seek out this place if it's anywhere near where, if there's a place near where we are. Would you check that okay. out for me? I will find out. I don't even you. know where I'm going in Texas. Do you know where we're going? I have no idea. I know where you're going. Where? What part well, of We Texas? can't tell anybody yet. It's a price. Oh. Well, I'm going to be with the president and with the governor, <laughs> Greg Abbott. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> And President Trump. Anyway, here, this, is, this is the CEO of the company. Tell me about the 19-year-old who you did indeed make a store manager at 50000 bucks a year. Did you see his potential? Correct. Absolutely. Um, J- Jason, who's you're referring to, uh, Jason yeah. started with us when he was 16. Uh, you know, $9.50 hourly employee. Uh, he started with a lot of other people. Uh, he showed the potential the work ethic, the drive. He understood our culture, our values. And uh, when the opportunity arose, uh, he took advantage of it. Are there a lot of young, I mean, I can see how some youngsters in your organization might want to say, forget college. If I can make 50 grand in my teens, I'm staying, baby. Uh, is, that, is that how they're looking at things? Uh, I, I believe they do. I mean, they're, they're looking at uh, a, a, a decision to get into $50,000, $100,000, dollars of debt to go to college, and then maybe get out and make $50,000. Uh, I like to tell these kids that uh, they can become a general manager, make really good money, and then the ultimate goal is to uh, let them own their own franchise businesses at some point. I mean, fifty grand. I think that's pretty awesome. All right, let's get to our busy phones. Uh, many of you being very patient here. Uh, let's say hi to Amy's in Colorado. Hey, Amy, how are you? Glad you called. I'm good, Sean. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. Well, thank you um, for calling. Sure. Um, just a quick comment on Joe Biden. We've been talking a lot about his cognitive decline, and it really is disturbing. And what disturbs me even more, Sean, is that his family is putting him out there on the world stage not worried about what other countries are thinking of the United States or how he's representing himself. They just like the power. Um, his wife is a is a, the biggest example that I can find. She's encouraging him to do this, and I don't think she should be. Well, I got to, you know, when you really think about it, you know, it's at the end of the day, what, what are we going to do? We have to fight for our country, and we have to fight for 2022. Do you see any other alternative? No, I, I really don't. We we really have to, um, you know, get the message out there that our country can't stand, you know, for this for much longer. Um, and, you know, anybody that has a family member who has in cognitive decline or has seen it themselves knows what's going on and should be outraged as well. And we should be speaking out more about it. Um, maybe it's taboo to talk about. I don't know. But um, we should really be pointing out the bad choices he's making. Um, you do it every day. And that's why I listen to you, Sean, to get the real news. And I appreciate what you do every day. Um, we just need to get the message out. on The our message is getting out. I'm telling you, I'm feeling a, a rising tide of real concern about the country. And I think... It feels very reminiscent of 2010 and the Tea Party movement and 2016 and the rise of President Trump. And I could just tell you that if I'm right about this and if everybody does their part, we'll be able to turn things around. We'll know a lot more 
after election night in 2022. Because you got Senate seats in Florida, Georgia, North and South Carolina, New Hampshire, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio, Arizona. These are going to be pivotal, pivotal races. And if the Republicans do well, they take back the House also, we'll be in good shape. Anyway, I appreciate the call. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. About the Hunter Biden family, you know, uh, is there, we, have, we have a dual justice system in America. It's that simple. Unequal justice. We don't, we don't have equal application of our laws. We don't have equal justice under the law. Uh, let's say hi to, uh, let's see here. Steve is in Indiana. What's up, Steve? Glad you called. Yes, thank you, Sean, for taking my call. I w- what I want to suggest is not easy. I'm not, I'm not uh, foolish enough to think this will all be easy or popular, but I think it's one step, a step in the fight for what's going on at the border that, re- that conservative governors ought to be availing themselves of in order to push the illegals into, into liberal states or back home. And that is, we can't stop them from coming across, obviously, but we can make their life unbearable here in this way. The, 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 we have to remember that the, the people themselves who are coming, yes, they are victims of hor- horrendous crimes coming across, but they're also both victim and oppressor of themselves because they are the financial engine. By paying their two or $3,000 to the coyotes to bring them across, they're paying that to the cartels who are themselves organized crime. And that organized crime of child trafficking, sex trafficking, human trafficking, drug trafficking is organized crime, and it falls under the RICO Act. Every state has a version of the federal RICO Act. Texas has one. And under the RICO Act, if you participate in organized crime, which the people coming across are, and then they send money back home to get the rest of their people here, all of that is the financial engine, the operating capital for the organized crime of the cartels to do their trafficking. And because they are participating in that, that makes them subject to RICO. Uh, it, what's unpopular is, I would, if I was governor, I would make it clear that if you are feeding, if you are tr- teaching, if you are employing, if you are in any way giving aid and comfort to someone participating in organized crime, which they are, then you are subject to arrest and you are subject to the forfeiture of your properties or whatever it was you were doing to materially assist those of organized crime. And in doing so, you don't have to arrest many. But I think you'd send the message that if you get caught with the illegals in your hotel, which I would take their hotels too, uh, or in their or in no, your, you, your you're, you're missing a very big point here. Joe and Kamala are paying for the hotels. Well, that they're may using not, your money to pay for them. Well, I don't I don't disagree, but I would still go after if it's Holiday Inn. I would go after Holiday Inn and put them on notice that we are going to go after you at the RICO Act. But even if it comes down, and this is the unpopular part, we know there's politicians in Texas even who are in favor of them because of the cheap labor, and they're going to and they're donors, and they're going to be pushing back on politicians. But look, it's an eighty percent solution in my opinion that uh, at least an eighty percent offering of something that might work, and and we have to try everything. The the the, the Liberals are trying everything that's unethical, illegal, immoral, but because of their power, they, they continue to just push it and don't care. I say we've got to try, and whether it's popular or not, in order to, to make it happen and make them push back against it, not just automatically take it off the counter. But if you look up State RICO, 
this falls under organized crime, and the people who are coming are participants in that crime, and therefore I think there's a lever on an, and, and something that the governors can put out to their people that if you get caught with these people in your, in your bailiwick and you're assisting them, you're assisting them under the RICO Act, you will be arrested, you'll be charged, and you're probably likely forfeited. And I will suspect that there will be a wave of people that say, look, don't, don't, don't come here. You're not welcome here. And eventually the people themselves have to make a decision. I either move to a liberal state where they'll employ me or I'll move back home because I don't have a place to be here in Texas. That's, I think it's worth a shot. Appreciate the call. I wish we did have people that respected our laws, our borders, our sovereignty, and not politicians aiding and abetting law-breaking. Because if you or I did it, we'd be in jail. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. News you won't get from the mob. Uh, you'll meet Mike McCarter tonight. He's a leader of this Oregon group. They want to join Idaho. Five counties in Oregon, they want out. Anyway, and then there's a guy in Buckhead, Bill White. He wants Buckhead to be separate from Atlanta. We also have Joe Concha, Dan Bongino, Devin Nunes, Jim Jordan, and Mark Burnovich all coming up 9 Eastern tonight on Hannity.